0: Carl, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. This is weekly sense. Going That's right, and
1: we've been dealing with rare, like volatility around expectations
0: on inflation and in the treasury market. Right. Yeah. So today's show, we're going to cover three main topics. The first one is uh, covering. This is the second worst start to a market mid-year in history. Uh, number two, we're going to cover some of the catalysts that we see that would have to happen for a recovery. And then lastly, we've got to talk about the huge drop in treasury yields or uh, bond interest rates just over the last week. It's been pretty large. So let's, let's kind of kick off there. The first one, which is um, kind of reviewing the worst start in history, the second worst start in history. So this is at, uh, from Ned Davis Research. And what this chart looks at, Carl, is the drops through mid-June uh, historically. And you can see 2022 is only second to 1932, which was the 36% drop uh, in 1932 for the first six months of the year. And then what it shows is kind of what's happened throughout the remainder of the year. But what is constant other than 1940 is you've seen some pretty significant recoveries from the depths of the mid-year drops in some of these uh, previous cycles and the, the length of those bear markets obviously vary. So what, what are your thoughts on kind of you know just this right here? Well, that's one of the things that gives us confidence that,
1: um, you know, we don't need to be getting def- too defensive too quickly. Yeah. Things could rebound because that's been, that's been the history, particularly like if you go back to, uh, the Carl's desk commentary that I sent out last week, like that they're talking about the history of, of bear markets. Mm -hmm. and how they've behaved and how things have rebounded. One of the key things is that large bear markets where you have a decline that's more than 25 to 30% or so, the big ones that are down 40 or more, like those don't happen typically really quickly. They typically unfold over an 18 month or more period of time. So even if we are in something like that right now, and we, for a lot of reasons, we don't think we are yet. Mm-hmm. Um, there, it's not going to go down in a straight line. There are going to be bounces, big bounces over multiple, multi month periods.
0: Yeah, this is. And I mean, think that's pretty- what you
1: see captured in this chart that, you know, even when you have a big decline through the middle of the year, you know, the rest of the year bounces. And, um, you know, even if the full year ends up being. Negative, and I guess in the case of uh, 1970, I mean, that was that was when re- inflation was starting to pick up, you know, at the end of the 1960s. And there was a, you know, they were on the brink of a recession there. And, you know, you had a big rally, we went back and looked at those markets. And interestingly, you had sell offs in response to inflation, but you also had big rallies over the next six months to a year as the Fed was starting to raise the Fed funds rate.
0: Yeah, is that deja vu?
1: It feel it. It feels it a lot does, like right? the environment that we're in right now, and that's kind of what my base case assumption would be for the next six to eight months or so. Some some kind of a rally.
0: Yeah, and it kind of gets back to the old adage of you know try not to get cute, right? Uh, when things are down, you you probably should trade less often. Uh, When things are up significantly, you should probably trade a little bit more often. But sometimes, uh, you know, individuals don't do that. So, what we wanted to show by showing this chart was yes, it is the second worst start in uh, stock market history going back to the 1930s. Um, But if we look historically, there's been these severe or significant, I should say, significant rallies um, where the stock market, you know, finished a lot higher than where it was. So, with that said, Carl, you know, what's, What's our point of view with regards to what are some of the catalysts? And I'll, and I'll start first, and I'll let you go. I think a big catalyst would be some kind of peace treaty in, in Ukraine. I mean, I think that would ease energy prices a lot. Obviously, that would flow through the economy. Um, but other than you know maybe a peace treaty in Ukraine as being a positive catalyst uh, for a surprise that investors really aren't pricing in right now, what are some of the other things that could cause the market to you know, potentially go higher over the next six months? There are a few that
1: really come to mind. I think the most likely thing is if sure. I mean, I don't think it's real likely that there's going to be a, a peace treaty or anything like that happening in Ukraine. Even if this conflict settles down, the disruption in commodity markets is there. But one surprise could be that the rest of the world ramps up oil drilling capacity and they figure out how to close that gap that uh, the war has created in the in the supply for energy commodities. And also the, I think the agricultural ones is probably going to be a little bit more difficult because uh, you have to get you know, land in order and, and set up to grow crops. And I, that's not something that can happen probably as quickly, but look, we've only been into this for about a quarter so the energy industry—it takes them some time to react, and that could be a surprise. But maybe, maybe over the next six months to a year, a little bit. But that—that's kind of on the quick side of everything there. Sure, probably the bigger, like one of the bigger ones that I can think of too is that um, we're in a mid, uh, a mid, a mid-cycle election year right now, and you know, once you get past the midterm uh, election. Uh, typically you have a rally. If we get some change in Congress, like that could be something that gets people excited. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's, that's a big thing. I would, I would think that's pretty likely.
0: Yeah, I've got a simple one
1: into the first quarter.
0: Yeah, I've got a really simple one. How about if we just don't have a recession this year?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of reasons that we don't think we're in a recession yet. So if that becomes clear to people in another couple of quarters or by Thanksgiving, then that certainly could be something that um, yeah. causes a, a relief rally.
0: Yeah, so peace treaty in Ukraine, uh, ramping up oil production, not having a recession this year, and maybe corporate earnings not being as bad as what people are, are forecasting, or, or at least some of the analysts are predicting uh, on the talking heads on, on news networks. I mean, those are all things, you know, as as investors in the market, you know, we're taught that at any given time, the market is priced for all known information, and it is also based off of what the market is assuming, whether that's assuming aggressive Fed policy, assuming a a higher probability of a recession. Assuming that Russia and Ukraine continue, assuming that China continues to slow down the uh, ramp up of opening up the country a little bit more to help the supply chain. So if it's assuming all of those things and we get any kind of pod- positive catalyst in any of those, it can cause these relief rallies, much like what we saw in 1932, 1940, 1962, 1970, and those previous years that we saw those relief rallies after the you know pretty significant drawdown in the beginning of each year. Right. I mean, and the main the main reasons,
1: you know, we don't feel like we're in a recession yet are that we just haven't had that many Fed funds right. rate hikes yet. And you always, you need to see unemployment ticking up for a six month period by about half a percent or so. And then um, you also, at least the last three business cycles, you know, you've needed to have the know the fed funds rate peak and then and then start to see the rate rate cuts after the rate hikes
0: yeah okay so we covered the uh second worst start of the year some of the catalysts that can propel the market higher between now and the end of the year i think the biggest thing that really hit the news cycle this week was the dramatic drop in treasury yields um so i wanted to pull up a a chart this is just the 10-year treasury now, this is as of yesterday, it's not priced for, uh, what happened today, but 10 year treasury yields as well as even 30, but this is the 10 year specifically dropped over 10% in one week. I mean, that's, that's a significant move. Is it not? It is it's happened before,
1: but I don't know that there's been time when it's happened this quickly in one week. Yeah. One week. week. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it almost almost looked like it got there, like during the COVID crash in March of 2020. But um, it's very it's rare to have bond yields moving around so much because that's supposed to be where, you know, the safe the safe right. money is, and you know, it just doesn't it just doesn't move that much.
0: Sure. So tell me tell me why that happens. Now, obviously, this this entire year we've seen an extreme amount of volatility, not just in stocks but also in bonds. Something that a lot of investors haven't even seen, you know, going back to even the 1970s, this extreme movement, both to the upside and the downside in the safe money portion of the portfolio. So what's what 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 causes these kinds of things?
1: Well, there's just been significant surprises this year around inflation, particularly after the war started. And then following that, there were surprises in what the Fed would do mm-hmm. with hiking the Fed funds rate shrinking the balance sheet. So you have surprise on top of surprise. And now more and more people are talking about a recession on the horizon. Right. And whenever, uh, and, and oil prices fell a lot, oil and natural gas prices both fell a lot this week. So that's, that's also something where um, you know, treasury yields are highly correlated with changes in you know, inflation sensitive commodity prices like oil and gas, but copper was also falling this week too. So.
0: Well, and it's, it's going to help. It's going to help anybody, you know, locking in a mortgage, right? If you see bond yields falling as much as they have just in this last week. Um, But I just find it extraordinary. Yeah. Maybe they're pricing in a larger probability of a recession sooner rather than later, uh, which typically during a recession, or even before a recession, you see peak yields is what we saw in a chart earlier today on the terminal. So I think it's just really interesting when you're starting to see this kind of price action and and bond yields. And and like, to your point, we haven't seen a significant move like this in a short period of time, um, maybe ever.
1: Right. So we're we're watching all of this carefully to try to figure out where the peak in, in treasury yields is. It's possible we may have seen it because this was a big downward move yeah. really quickly. But um, I, I think it's a little too early to really confirm that. I think we need to probably see another month's worth of inflation data, get through the second quarter earnings season and see how much corporate earnings are affected by the stronger dollar. Yeah. Uh, you know, get a better feeling for how well all the different sectors of the economy are doing, then we'll, we'll have a better feeling. And And another surprise is that maybe with enough reduction in the value of asset prices, even though we haven't had really a meaningful increase in unemployment, although you do hear about, you know, layoffs at a lot of tech companies, particularly startups, we might just have inflation starting to decline in response to all of that with a, you know, a negative wealth effect, you know, asset values aren't worth as much. So people aren't willing to spend as much. That's, that's possible. Maybe we could see some of that over
0: the next few months. Yeah. Yeah. Significant drop in yields though. So, okay. Just to summarize uh, weekly Sense this week, we talked about uh, the worst start to the year. We showed some of the other worst starts to the year most of them had significant recoveries uh, for the latter half of the year. We talked about some of those catalysts, those catalysts being some kind of reprieve in Ukraine, uh, ramping up oil production to bring down energy prices, which, by the way, we've seen drop from $120 or $122 a barrel to I think it's like $105 or $106 right now. That's also a pretty significant drop. You've seen energy stocks get demolished over the last three weeks, I think down you know somewhere between 20 25%. Um, and then some of the other catalysts would be, you know, if we didn't have a recession this year, uh, that's probably being priced in a little bit too much. And then the changing of the guard at, at Congress, that could be a positive catalyst as well, one way or the other. Um, and then finally, just to wrap it up, bond yields drop probably the most in a short period of time down, down about 10% in a week, uh, pricing in, you know, potentially probabilities of recessions. So did I miss anything? No, you got it all. Great summary, Andrew. Ah, uh, you're a rock star. Thanks everybody. Thanks for watching.
1: All opinions expressed by Andrew Whalen, employees at Wayland Financial, or any other podcast guest are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Wayland Financial. Wayland Financial is a registered investment advisor. This podcast is for information purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Wayland Financial may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast.